today we're going to share with you from the scripture uh, five keys uh, to prosperity. Now, everybody wants to prosper, right? If we don't, there's maybe something wrong, right? Uh, So, God wants us to prosper. It is his will for us to prosper. Remember uh, 3 John. Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, there are hundreds and even thousands of scripture about money in the Bible. And so, it's a pretty important thing in our lives. And, uh, you know, sometimes people... Uh, are concerned about uh, prosperity if they're going to serve the Lord. If they have prosperity, well, that's a choice. Uh, you can serve the Lord with, when you're prosperous and blessed, and you can serve the Lord when you're not prosperous. But God wants you to prosper, and He wants you to honor Him at every level of your prosperity. And if you do so, then you always keep your heart right. You always keep your heart right, and your mind focused, and your uh, desire toward Him first, and part of uh, prosperity, according to God's way of prosperi- prosperity, is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if you're always putting God first, and you're seeking Him first, and you're honoring Him with your tithe, your offerings, you can keep your heart focused on Him. Praise the Lord. When your heart and your mind is just focused on money, you're off track. Right, But if your heart and your mind is focused on Jesus, and then God blesses and prospers you and, and uh, causes you to have favor in your life, uh, then you're always giving him the glory. You're always giving him the honor. So the first key would be starting point. I mean, if you want to access uh, this facility or you go into the Family Life Center, there's different uh, ways that you can get in of the building and different uh, ways that you can get into different a- uh, access points. And so, uh, if you don't have a master key, which I do, uh, if you don't have a master key, you have different keys for different uh, access points. And so, in that case, we're just going to give you some access points and some access keys. And the first key, that's kind of entering into prosperity according to God's prosperity. The first key is basic, giving and receiving. So uh, if you want to access God's way of prosperity, then uh, we see in this particular verse here in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, if you'll look with me, it says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured To you again. So the first word of that verse is give. Now God is a giver. Uh, In fact, he's always going to be the biggest giver. Right? Because he gave the best. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus. He gave his son. He gave us life. Gave us eternal life. And of course, every other blessing that comes through Jesus Christ. And all the promises of God in him are what? Yes, and amen. So, God being the biggest giver, and his nature is to give, then he wants us to give. And we have the motto around here, we live to give. 
We live to give. We love to give and we give cheerfully. All right, so as a believer, the first key to your access of God's prosperity in your life, and it is his desire, I wish or pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health. So if it's his will, then we want to access what belongs to us in him, right? So he says, first, give. Well, then he tells you what's going to happen as a result of your giving. And he says, give and it shall be given unto you. So give and you shall receive. Or sow and you shall reap. Well, that's a law of God in Scripture that if you give, you shall receive. It is a spiritual law. When you give, God says you shall receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. So harvest never gets confused. It says, give and it shall be given unto you, the person who gives. In other words, the harvest doesn't get confused and, oh, now where am I supposed to go? No, harvest always knows where the seed came from. You know, if you sow in this field, it doesn't come up 100 miles away. The seed comes up, the harvest comes up from the seed that has been sown. So he says, you sow, you give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure tells you in the way it will be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. In other words, it is uh, a, a blessing that is running over. It's more than enough. Good measure, pressed down. That's God's description of what's going to happen in your life. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall then what? Men given to your bosom. Which means that God works in this economy. It does, according to that verse, God is not just printing money in heaven. You know, it'd have to print a lot of different currency depending on where you live in the world. No, He's not just printing money in heaven and just raining it out of heaven. No, He's working with you and causing His blessing to be upon you. And what happens? Then men shall give into your bosom. In other words, you're working in this economy, and God's blessing is on your life, and he causes blessing to come to you in the economy that you work with or live in. All right, so he says, shall men give unto your bosom? Then he says, with the same measure that you meet, or in the same measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. So that tells me that you determine your future. You determine your harvest because he says with the same measure you give, it's going to be measured back to you. In the way you give it out, it's coming back. So that is a spiritual law. If you give generously, you're going to reap how? Generously. Which takes us to another verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. What does this say? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Or if you uh, give in a limited way, determined by what you have, right? Sparingly. Or he that sows generously will reap also generously. So generous giving is determined by what you have. In other words, the woman that gave two mites in Scripture, Jesus, he recognized that she gave more than everybody else. So it was really determined by the measure that she had. 
It's accepted according to that a man has or a person has and not according to what they don't have. So anybody can be a generous giver. I'm going to say that again. Anybody can be a generous giver. And if you're generous on your level of prosperity presently, then God increases you more because he said, if you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. So at every level of your prosperity, if you will be generous in your giving, then God's going to increase you. And the scripture actually says it this way. He will increase you more and more. Psalm 115. He will increase you more. In other words, when you get to this level, that's not a stopping place. It's not a quitting place. When you get to that level, trust God to increase you more. When you get to that level, trust God to increase you more. Don't stop believing. I said, don't stop believing. Don't stop increasing. Trust God to bless your life in ways that are beyond what you could do for yourself. And he is the one we're trusting in, right? So how many have some expectation that blessing is coming to your life? Hallelujah. Amen. So your giving determines your harvest. So the first access point or key to your uh, prosperity is giving and receiving. Of course, it starts with tithing. We're talking about laws of giving and receiving. But tithing would be actually your first place or first point of uh, giving. Saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to tithe first. Honor God with your tithe. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. A tithe is one-tenth or ten percent. Tithe is a tenth of what God blesses you with. So you bring the tithe first, and then you honor God with an offering above that. And so when it comes to a rise and build, that's one of the ways that we give above our tithe. Over and above giving produces over and above living. I'm going to say it again, over and above giving produces over and above living. If you want over and above living, you want to have some over and above giving. And and so that's the way it works. If you're a generous giver, you're going to have a generous harvest, and the blessing is going to come to your life. All right, so let's go to the next uh, point or next key would be wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. So look with me to Proverbs chapter 3. And verse 13, we'll see that wisdom is a key to your prosperity. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. A lot of verses in uh, Proverbs that would show this principle, but we'll look at a few. In verse 13, it says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom... And the man that getteth understanding, the person who has wisdom or finds wisdom, is happy, blessed. Verse 14, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. So having wisdom, he says, is better than having silver or fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. Speaking of wisdom, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. So it's personifying wisdom. 
He says, length of days are in her right hand. And on her, in her left hand are riches and honor. So he talks about wisdom being more valuable than silver, gold, or rubies. And then he says that in wisdom's hand is length of days. Well, if you, if you had a lot of money and you didn't live long, that wasn't all that great. He said, or length of days are in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. There are many people that have riches, but they have no honor. So we don't want to be without honor. We don't want to be without long life. We want to live long. We want to live strong. We want to have honor while we're living. And we want to be blessed with prosperity. So here we see that uh, he, in comparing, in other words, you could have riches, riches and not have so much wisdom and lose it. But you could have wisdom and continue to gain. So God doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to gain. He doesn't want you to go backwards. He wants you to go forward. And so wisdom is a key ingredient in order for us to be able to prosper consistently. All right, so we got in the building through giving and receiving. We got into this uh, place of prosperity by sowing, right? Well, when we get in there, then there's another key to your prosperity. In other words, I believe that when you give and honor God with your tithes, with your offerings, that wisdom is released toward your life. And so the Holy Spirit will grace you or grant you wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, Proverbs says. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get it. In other words, you have to want it, and you have to reach out for it. You have to get it. You have to desire it. So there's a principle of hungering and thirsting for in order to receive from God. So he says here that it is like uh, going to produce honor. It's going to produce long life. It's going to produce riches in your life. Now go with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. And we're going to go to chapter 1. Second Chronicles chapter 1, and we're going to go to verse 7. And this is God relating to and speaking to Solomon. In verse 7, it says, In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, if God appeared to you and said, Ask what I shall give you, do you know what you'd ask for? Well, I've been needing a new car. Well, let's see. What did Solomon ask for? Verse 8, and Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. 
Now, Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this I people that is so great? Now, for anyone who is in leadership, but you know, that would be a good prayer. But you know, everybody is some, is some kind of a leader. Everybody is influencing someone else. So we all need what Solomon just prayed for. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this I people that... Uh, for who can judge this, I people, that is so great? And God said to Solomon, listen to God's response. Now, God just gave you an opportunity to see and hear, so to speak, what Solomon and God had to say to one another. You're hearing his prayer. You're, you're hearing God speak to Solomon. You're hearing uh, Solomon's response. And then God speaks back. And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart. So God does like the right motivation of heart. He said, because this was in thine heart, thou hast not asked riches. You have not asked riches or wealth or honor nor the life of thine enemies. I mean, if somebody was chasing you, you'd probably say, well, uh, take care of my enemies here. Nor the life of thine enemies. Neither yet hast thou asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. So his whole motivation here was not self. His whole motivation was the people, wasn't it? And so therefore, God saw his heart and saw his motivation. Now, God is not opposed to wealth, as you will see. But he does like our heart and our motivation to be appropriate. All right, so he, what does he say? Verse 12. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. In other words, you're receiving. I'm giving you what you have asked for. And I will give thee riches. How many believe God can do exceeding abundant above what you ask or think? So he's asked for wisdom and knowledge that he would go in and come out before the people of God, be able to judge the people of God, be able to lead in an appropriate manner. And God said, wisdom and knowledge is granted to you, and I will give thee riches exceeding abundant and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Now, we could just pause for a while and meditate on that, couldn't we? He said, such as none of the kings have had which have been before thee. Now, we just read <coughs> last week, I believe, last week we talked about 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David the king, out of his own private treasure, in 2014 gold and silver value, Gave, because it tells how much he gave, 
So he gave just a little under $5 billion, right? That's what his offering was. We don't know what his tithe was. I'm just telling you what his offering was. All right, so if you think about it, now God is telling Solomon, his son, I'm going to make you more wealthy than any king that has ever been before you. What else does he say? He said, neither shall there any after thee have the like. Just for a moment, let's go to verse 15. And the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones. Now, I've been to Israel many times, and Israel is very much like Las Vegas and the desert. It is primarily a desert. So if you walk out in our desert, you can pick up rocks all day long. I mean, you can fill a truck in a little small place just by picking up rocks and throwing them in a the truck. Why? Because rocks are plenteous. And if you kick the dirt at all, you can get some more rocks. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. They're laying on top of the ground, but they're everywhere. So there are plenty of rocks. He said, now, Solomon was so wealthy that he made silver and gold as plenteous as stones. Now, I know your little mind is going tilt, uh, right? This is pretty amazing. But God blessed him to such degree that the silver and gold were as plenteous as stones laying out on the ground. Now, he said, I'm going to make you more wealthy than, you, than any king before you and none after you is going to ever have the like. So this is wealth, extreme wealth. He made him so wealthy that now he and then was going to have peace among the neighboring countries. And God was going to give him peace in his lifetime so that he could build the temple. So God really wanted that temple more than David wanted it. I said God really wanted that temple more than David wanted it. He was building it as a house to God. And that would house the presence of God. So God had this desire as well as David. So when you have a desire for God's house. And you're motivated for God's people. And you're motivated to see people blessed. Then God will give you wealth. That is exceeding abundant above what you even asked for. Now, I could just let you go home now and we'd be done. And you could meditate on that for all week long. How many, could, how many could say yes, amen? All right, so the Holy Spirit wants you to walk in wisdom. Now, he asked for wisdom. He asked for knowledge. And if you'll ask for wisdom and knowledge, it is a key to your prosperity. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1.
Joshua chapter 1, we're going to just look at one verse, verse 8. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, which means that you shall keep it on your lips. Doesn't mean that you won't speak it. It means just the opposite. It means that you will speak it. It shall not depart. In other words, you keep this word in your mouth. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. The word meditate means to ponder, means to think on, means to pour over. But it also means to speak, to talk, to utter, to say. It means to sing and to celebrate. It means that you are speaking the word of God. Meditate therein, how much? Day and night. You will meditate on the Word of God day and night. Now, wisdom is going to come as a result because God's Word is His wisdom. All right, so he says you'll meditate on the Word of God day and night. Why? That you may observe to do. That you may observe to what? Do. Then he goes further, according to all that is written therein. Not just a few things, but according to all that is written therein. So whatever the Word of God is saying to you, then you start doing what the Word says. And what does the next phrase say? For then, when? After you meditate on the Word of God day and night, after you uh, observe to do according to the Word of God. In other words, you meditate on the Word. Then secondly, you act on the Word of God. Somebody say act. Remember, James says, don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. The, word. the person that is a doer of the word, this man or this person shall be blessed in their deed. So it's not enough to hear the word. And I'll give you another little phrase that Brother Hagin used to say. He said, the word of God will work for you when you get thrilled with it. The Word of God will work for you when you get thrilled with it. How many people in this room are thrilled with the Word of God? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, he said, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You'll make your way prosperous by meditating on the Word. Now, other translation, actually the margin of my Bible says, (coughs) where it says that, Uh, You'll uh, make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That word's uh, there, good success. He said you will act or deal wisely. And other translations render it in that way as well. So then you'll act or you'll deal wisely. So what happens is when you're meditating on the Word of God, wisdom is being revealed to you. Wisdom and revelation comes through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit begins to open up wisdom and ideas and God directs and God orders your steps. And the Holy Spirit is giving you wisdom or imparting wisdom to your life. I just heard about someone who has, uh, had been very successful, very, uh, had become very wealthy. And one of his uh, practices is that he would read uh, Proverbs every day. 
when Ben Carson was uh, running for president, uh, myself and some other pastors here in town were able to sit with him and talk with him. And so uh, when he was uh, sharing with us, he said he read from Proverbs every day. It was a different testimony. Well, if you know uh, Ben Carson's testimony, he is an amazing individual. His mother could not read, but his mother would not let them, his, his, he and his siblings would not let them just watch television. She, she made them read books every night. So they got to watch a little television, but they had to read books. And she, he didn't know until he grew up, he didn't know she couldn't read. She just played the part. But she, she got him to read, got them to read, and he became a brain surgeon. Man, you do good to work on toes much. Right? I mean, this guy is a brain surgeon. Separated twins, brains. Mm, it's just amazing. Amazing. And so... Anyway, but one of the things he said he did is that he reads Proverbs every day. Why? Because wisdom is in there. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say God is good. Because there's wisdom in the Word of God. When you meditate on the Word of God, and Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. What's the next key? Obedience. Isaiah chapter 1. You know, there's certain keys. As I said, you get through this building, you get into one place, then you can get into another place, and you can get into another place. So you start out with giving and receiving. I'm amazed at what God will do for somebody that will just dare to give. And God starts doing things in their hearts and their lives. Wisdom uh, comes to their lives. You know, the my pillow guy. If you haven't seen a MyPillow commercial, you probably don't watch much television. All right, my, you've never seen the MyPillow? Okay, MyPillow guy. It's kind of interesting, MyPillow. Now he has my sheets. But he was in Mac Hammond's church in Minneapolis. Well, actually, he wasn't in the church initially, but he has a drug rehab uh, center there as a part of the church, and he came. He he had drug problems. And so he came, and he got free, and he got saved. And then one day, he told Pastor Mac, he said, I believe God's given me an idea. Here's a guy, been through drug rehab, and, and he got an idea about making a pillow. And he sold millions of pillows. <laughs> I mean, when Houston had their flood, I think he gave like 100,000 pillows away to people in need. Just gave 100,000. And he does that in all different places in the world. He's a giver. But he had an idea. Just one idea. And, and you know, if you watch the commercials, I mean, it's kind of corny. But he's selling millions of pillows. Who cares? But he just had an idea. God gave him an idea. Now he's got another idea, sheets. 
<laughs> it's working for him. Because God can give you wisdom. I said God can give you wisdom. One idea that's acted upon could bring you wealth and blessing in your life. Thank you, Jesus. So Isaiah, you're there, right? Isaiah 1 and 19, what does it say? If you be willing and what? Obedient, Obedient, you shall. You shall eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, he didn't just say willing, he said obedient. Now, what is obedience? All right, let's say the Holy Spirit gave you some wisdom. Well, first, obedience is God's word, right? <laughs> now, here he was. <coughs> this, this man was, you know, on drugs, and he came, went to the rehab center. And this particular rehab center, they've developed, and they're approved by the state, and so uh, it's a part of that local church. And so he comes, then he's getting help, and then he gets saved. Then he's coming to church, and he's setting up. He said he was sitting in the balcony, and the Lord gave him an idea. So I would advise you maybe once in a while sit in the back. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so Holy Spirit gave him an idea, and he did what? He acted the willing and what? Obedient shall eat the good of the land. You obey God's word. You obey what the Holy Spirit says to you. If God gives you an idea, you got to act on it. Obedience to the wisdom of God that is imparted to your heart. Obedience certain, certainly in your giving because that's the first access point. But it's pretty interesting. You know, this guy just is able to give in ways he probably never thought he'd be able to give. Are you hearing me? But one idea acted upon Brought him wealth that enabled him to give. So if you're a giver, you access, right? Prosperity. If you're a giver, then God grants you his wisdom. And then when God grants you his wisdom, if you'll be willing and obedient, in other words, you'll follow through and you'll act on what you have been given by the Holy Spirit or the direction. And it could be anything. I mean, it could be. Get to more school. It, it, it could be uh, go uh, learn something about certain area of your life, whatever. I mean, it could go any kind of direction in your life. Certain career, whatever. Investment. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as a pastor, my goal has been I'm called to preach the gospel. So I'm going to teach you how to prosper. Hallelujah. I believe that anybody can. If you just went through a drug rehab, you can. It doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what's happened to your life. What matters is what you do now. Where do you go from here? So the willing and obedient shall eat what? The good of the land. New English Bible says, obey with a will and you'll eat the best the earth yields. Then Taylor's Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you. It's like when I read this, this verse in the Taylor's Living Bible, it's like God is saying, if you will only 
Let me help you. He said, if you'll only let me help you. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe the Holy Spirit is your helper? He says, if you'll only obey, then I will make you rich. Now, that guy could have just still sat there with an idea and just kind of got over it. You know, okay, that was a thought. And just let that thought go by and missed an opportunity of a lifetime. But he took his opportunity, acted on what he heard, and he is very wealthy as a result. Thank you, Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, it's possible. I'm just letting it sink in. Say it again. It's possible. possible. With God, all things are possible. Number four, fourth key, diligence. There's some people that have been given an idea, given wisdom, insight. They step out in obedience. They do something. But they don't keep doing it. Some things you got to keep at it. Okay, let's go to the my pillow guy. He made his own pillow, but then he hired some ba- people to keep making pillows. In other words, you got to keep doing something that God has directed you to do. It's not most of the time success is continuing to do what Holy Spirit has given you. In other words, you can't just do one thing and that's it. No, you got to be diligent. you got to follow through with what God has put in your heart or the dream or the idea. you got to be diligent to succeed. You know, if you want to go to a school and get an education, well, that's a great idea. You believe God's wanting you to do it, but if you're not diligent, you don't, get, you don't pass the grade. If you don't pass the grade, you don't get the diploma. If you don't get the diploma or the degree, you don't really. You're not making progress, right? But if you're diligent, if you start a business, some people, you know, I've had people over the years, you know, they start a business, and the next time you see them, they started another business. Sometimes, you know, I'm not opposed to multi-level marketing. I'm not interested personally because I'm interested in kingdom purpose. You understand. For me, I'm a pastor. So, you know, I've had people offer that to me for 30-some years. Please, if you do this, then it'll bless the church. It'll bless you. And uh, everybody be blessed. I say, you go ahead and do that. We'll all be blessed. Personally, I don't have time. I'm very busy serving the kingdom of God. That's my business. You follow me? So I can't be in all kinds of other business. Now, if other pastors do that, that's their choice. I'm just telling you my conviction, this is what I got to do. So I could succeed at those things, I'm sure, and many things, but that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called a pastor, and it keeps me plenty busy. All right, so, if, but I've seen people that go into one multi-level marketing. Next time I saw, see them, they get into another one. Then to another one, you got to stay with anything for some time for it to succeed. You know, just a one quick, rich, get rich scheme is not going to do it for you. You got to be diligent. 
at whatever you put your hand to. Put your hand to something, stay with it. Are you hearing me today? Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, verse 4. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. If you don't believe that, go down to the casino. All right, just, just kidding. All right, he becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. I looked up the word diligent. Diligent simply means persevering, careful in work, hardworking, done with careful, steady effort, painstaking. In other words, just keep at it, do it well, work hard at it, and just be excellent at whatever you do. Be diligent. Thank you, Jesus. Many years ago, there was a guy that was a tither in the church. I would, you wouldn't say he was, probably had an exceptional job. You know, he was wealthy. But you know, he paid his house off. And I watched him prosper. And he paid his house off. And he was doing well financially. But you know, it's simply because he was diligent with what he had. He was diligent with what he had in his hand or the ability that he had. And so if you're diligent, God will bless you. He'll bless you on your job. How many, how many if, if you work other people, in other words, you have employees, man, you're glad to have somebody that's diligent. Diligent. I mean, they show up. I mean, you know, they don't get three calls a week. And today is this, and this day is this, and this day is another thing. They don't show up to work. You know, if you're not diligent, you're probably not going to have a job long. I'm sure I'm not preaching to the people here. I mean, that's for the people that are at home in bed still. All right, I'm just kidding. All right. Those of you watching live stream in your pajamas, all right. <laughs> uh. But just staying at it, the hand of the diligent shall be rich or makes rich. Verse 5, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Listen. You could have worked very hard. Listen to me. You could have worked very hard to plow the field, sow the seed. But if you're sleeping at harvest time, you missed the whole point. I mean, you missed the whole point. You didn't even get the harvest. That was a lot of work, labor for nothing. All right. Now, I could give you a bunch of scriptures on diligence. How many got that one? So, if you're diligent then blessing will come to your life. Number five. Number five is favor. God gives you favor. Now, I don't have time to look at it because y'all took my time. I'm just kidding. All right. So in Exodus, remember, 
God told them to go borrow from their neighbors because God was getting ready to deliver them out of Egypt. He said, go borrow from your neighbors silver and gold. So they went and borrowed silver and gold from their neighbors, neighbors and jewels, and they, they borrowed that, and then God said, now get out of town. Now, I don't advise you to take that as the Lord talking to you this morning. Don't be borrowing the gold and silver of your neighbor and leaving town. But they had been laboring because they were, in that case, they were slavery to the Egyptians, and they have been working hard, and God's delivering them. And you know, the Egyptians, it said, they were glad to see them leave with their gold. <laughs> Take it. Please get out of here. We're tired of the flies and the blood in the water and dead fish. We're just tired of all these plagues. Please leave. You know, because the judgment of God was on them because they had uh, abused the people of God. And so, and so it's time for them to leave, and they left with silver and gold. But it says God gave them favor with the Egyptians. Psalm 5 says that God surrounds you with favor as with a shield. So you can have all of these working together for you. First key, giving and receiving. Right? Second key is wisdom. Third key is be obedient. Act on what you hear. Act on what Holy Spirit has given you. Next key, be diligent. Stay at it. Keep making those pillows. Hire some people to make the pillows. And then you'll have a commercial that says, my pillow. Maybe it's your pillow. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that God will direct your steps. I said, God will order your steps. Praise the Lord. You say, I'm retired, Pastor. Ah, well, you got time to think. You got time to pray. You got time to have an idea. Maybe something in your life, you got enough resources where you could actually make an investment and not some foolish thing, but something the Holy Spirit would direct you into. Who knows? And it'd just be fun. But while you're having fun, you're making money. I mean, what is the best job you could have? Something you enjoy. That's why I'm staying with pastor. <laughs> Something I enjoy. I enjoy preaching the gospel, telling the truth, helping people. Glory to God. All right, so do something that you enjoy. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.